expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WPJX board staff or underwriters. Good day. This is Ability Radio of the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. We are bringing you ADA greetings for the month and year July 2023. With me today is co-host Shami Carr. Good morning, Shami. Good morning, Archie. Good morning, morning, Virgin Islands, and good day. Glad to be here. And Adida Cardi, one of our leaders in the community. Good day, Adida. Good morning, everyone. Adida Cardi. Obande. Well, I was going to on the small, no, the middle side island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we are celebrating ADA every July just to remind the public and to hopefully end stigmatization of persons with disabilities. Get rid of that stigma. And one of the things we try to do is bring up events, persons and personalities that can remind the community where we stand, where it has gone in the past, and some future prospects. So at present time, uh, Shami, give us a rundown of some of the events that are going to happen in the upcoming months. Great. Um, as Archie was saying, July is ADA month. This will be the 33rd anniversary, so it's not a milestone. But we certainly, DRCVI, along with our many partners, will be celebrating the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, uh, year for 2023. Um, we are working a lot with our partners, and so I want to kind of just give an, uh, a sense of what we're doing for July. It's later in the month, so we'll be starting in um, mid-July, going all the way into the 28th of July. We've got um, employer trainings. Uh, as Archie just mentioned, stigma is a huge thing. So we work a lot on trying to not only affect the policies and procedures, but we definitely try to affect attitude and sensitivity. Um, we're, we're fortunate to work with the feds, with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, so they will be joining us for that training. We certainly will be doing one for persons with disabilities and advocates. We'll partner with Department of Labor, Vocational Rehab, and Island Therapy Solutions to do that. Um, we're also doing a mental health outreach and to, again, continue that um, kind of journey of trying to desensitize and be able to have less stigma around mental health issues. We just were on the heels in May a couple months ago. Now we're going to continue to bring awareness and we'll be doing that on both islands to bring um, outreach and awareness to mental health in the Virgin Islands. We'll be working with our sister agency, uh, Virgin Islands University Center for Excellence in Developmental Disability out of the University of the Virgin Islands. We'll be working with them, uh, training with them on assistive technology, which is something we don't hear a lot about and we need to bring more awareness to that, particularly in the workplace. We'll be doing an event also for people who are receiving Social Security Disability Insurance or SSDI. We will partner with our benefits person out of Puerto Rico. She'll be coming to Virgin Islands to help celebrate and bring awareness for those folks. So if anybody's listening, we will be having that uh, on both islands. And one thing I want to mention is we, have, we will be doing two recruitment events. One of the issues of employment is uh, workforce development, which that's why we work so closely with Department of Labor. We will be doing, in conjunction with them, an employer recruitment roundtable. We will have four choice employers that will be joining us in person. 
and to talk about their openings. So July is going to be full of information, but it's also full of opportunities such as the roundtable. So that in a nutshell is what we're looking to do. And we will have a lot of these, if not all of these activities on our website as well. Yeah, just as a reminder, ADA stands for the American with Disabilities Act, which was originally passed in 1990, effective 1992, and renewed and revised in the year 2008. So it's a comprehensive civil rights statute that covers not only the government, private employers, but um, public uh, places as well, so that persons with disabilities can be fully incorporated into all aspects of our society. And one of the main warriors for the Virgin Islands along those lines is Adida Cardi, who's with us today. And Adida, um, what can you give as uh, a review of how you've seen the Virgin Islands um, progress over the years? How have you experienced the issues relative to the Virgin Islands? And give a description of yourself to the community. Well, good morning, um, Archie. Again, I'm glad to be here as we celebrate the ADA. And for me, when I came back from college in 1980, I got into the, the fight, so to speak, of um, speaking out for the rights of people with uh, disabilities. And I have had the opportunity to serve on a number of commissions and, and um, boards, including, and are not limited to um, the old Virgin Islands Commission on the Handicap that was integrated into um, the human services when the reorganization took place during the, um, the Governor Farrelly administration, right? serve on that commission. I've also had the opportunity to serve on the board for the Center of Independent Living. Um, now 43 years I've been involved with that. And then, of course, back in the day when we had the dial-a-ride, that is no longer operating, but I serve on the uh, Virgin Islands Coalitions of Citizens with Disabilities. And then, of course, um, the VIU said, uh, the, the University of Center for Excellence in Developmental Disability have served on that um, organization also. And in wherever I can, I have been able to participate. Now, you ask about the progress. I have seen a lot of progress com compared and some progress and some setbacks. Progress in the sense that more and more people are becoming aware of individuals with disabilities and the assets that we can offer. And um, like I said, we have also experienced some setbacks where, uh, unfortunately, a lot of our, especially the younger ones, that's really a burden to me, a lot of our young individuals with disabilities who are finishing special ed, they are at home and are not being uh, trained as I would like to see it because back in the day when I was a vocational rehab counselor, we did a lot with um, in 
having people with disabilities, especially um, those coming out of special ed, had a lot of training and they were able to return back to St. Thomas and was participate and work and were able to work to support themselves. So that's something I would really like to see an improvement in. But I see there's a improvement in terms of um, attitude. People are, uh, are, are much more aware, when, especially when we have the voices that count. That has, to me, played a very pivotal role, especially with our leaders. They had the opportunity to attend and, and ask questions and, and um, participate in, um, you know, disability issues. So, Could you, you describe know, the Voices that Count and who's affected by that event? Okay, repeat, repeat it again. Could you describe Voices that Count and how that oh, yeah. event okay, yeah. Voices reaches that out to count, certain people? Yeah, it's a... Uh, um, what we usually have during an election year. Of course, there's no election year this year, so we wouldn't be having it. That's where we would have all the various organizations of people with disabilities that work uh, with individuals with disabilities who come together. It's spearheaded by the VI, you said. And then we would invite all of the senators and all well the ones running for us for um office we'll have those sitting senators and the aspirant gubernatorial if we have when we have a gubernatorial election they would we would come together and individuals with disabilities will pose questions to them and to see how we can benefit from um when they, if they get into office, what they would do to improve lives for people with in, with disabilities. So we've been doing that for a number of years now. I mean, a lot of time it seems like um, we are not getting anywhere, but more and more the community is being um, educated in the needs of individuals with disabilities, that we are individuals. And we have assets, and we have we can offer um, assets assets to the community. So that's one of the things we try to uh, to showcase. And again, like I said, over the years, that has been a a, a wonderful opportunity to inform the public. And one of the things you mentioned, and I don't know if everyone understands, you also were a participant in vocational rehabilitation services through the Department of Human Services. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I um, And can you explain when, like to I the said, general public what that means and what it's meant to you in, in your adult okay. life? Correct. Okay, no problem. In a nutshell, vocational rehab I was a beneficiary of that program as an individual with a disability. I had the opportunity to get training. I um, I was able to finish high school, get a college degree, and then came back home and had the opportunity to do the same thing that was done to me. What, did, what we do as a vocational rehab counselor when I worked there, it was we would receive um, referrals 
and then we would take them through the um, the process of um, you know the intake and we'll do the evaluation and then we'll come up with a plan and we will try to rehabilitate that individual and um, like providing training, providing whether it be a college education or any kind of training that they would need so that they can become gainfully employed and to be able to um, support themselves and their families. And like I said, I went through the program and after I came back, I worked at the Virgin Islands Legislature with the, um, the then Michael Paiwanski as a, um, a research assistant. Then I, I did that for a while. And then, of course, I, when he didn't run for re-election, then I went to work with Hope Rehab as a, um, a VR counselor case manager. And I did that until um, after I got married and had my first son then I kind of step out of the workforce. However, I still continue to be involved and to continue to advocate for individuals with disabilities. Well, one of the things that forms a barrier sometimes is the cost of an education. How has that worked out through vocational rehab services? Yeah, it is a cost. Yeah, sometimes because of the disability, it can pose um, some limitations. And um, when I worked there as a VR counselor, I had um, a, a reader, someone who would do the reading. I also had a, um, a, a computer with a screen program, a screen program. So I went away and again, after college, I was able to get training on using the computer with the screen writing. But it's, like I said, it, it, that there sometimes can pose a problem, but it's more of an asset because um, statistically, individuals with disabilities, when you get a job, because you, you know it's very hard to get a job, you tend to work to be more diligent, be on time, and tend to stick with the job more so than the, uh, the general population. That has been studied in many cultures. And um, so it, it may be a cost, an added cost, but it will be worth it all. And then also there's some, there's some if I recall correctly, there's sometimes if you have to make any kind of adjustment, you can um, claim it on your taxes. We kind of get like a tax credit for helping to make the workplace accessible for individuals with um, with disabilities. And maybe uh, Shami, you can speak to that for the employers about reasonable accommodations. Sure. And as Adita was saying, that there's some tax um, credits. There, there is actually through Department of Justice and the IRS. So if an employer wants to, for example, you know, make the place more accessible, whether it's the bathroom, a ramp, you know, whatever that accessible feature, that can also include assistive technologies and other types of ergonomics. Um, so it's not just structural, but it can also be their website. So an employer can actually go to Department of Justice. They would go there, not the EEOC, ada.gov, and they could look up the tax incentive package. 
In addition to that, certainly at DRCVI, amongst all of our partners, we do a lot of disability awareness, and we also talk about reasonable accommodation, and that's a very important feature, both the, uh, with the employer and also for the person with disability. And to tie it back with vocational rehab, if, um, if the employer is having a hard time funding or, or being able to afford the reasonable accommodation, sometimes VR can do a cost share or they can even pay for the accommodation. So that's another benefit of joining VR. It's to get hired, but it's also to maintain employment. And that's something, again, that employer can benefit as well as the people with disabilities. So employers, there's a lot of information. We could do a whole show just for employers, but just keeping in mind, because we work with EEOC, we're able to bring um, some of these programs to them, including uh, territorial level and federal level information. So the employers shouldn't be afraid of when they hear the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, because they assist employers to comply with the law. Is that correct? That's 100% correct. And the person we're working with, the office we're working with out of Miami, her main title is Outreach and Education. So that is our whole hope is that we can reach employers long before there's any type of issue so that not only is it proactive, but they actually see it as an incentive or part of their diversity policy where they can include people with disabilities to be hired. So that is exactly what uh, EEOC can do for the employers. And again, that's our intent of why we work with them, uh, our other partners, including the Small Business Development Center, the Economic Development Authority, ADA office, the governor's ADA office, Island Therapy Solutions, Vocational Rehab, all of us work in conjunction to bring resources, information, and training, and that partnership with the EOC to the employers of the Virgin Islands. And Adida, I always view you as our ADA warrior here in the Virgin Islands. Can you describe <laughs> what your environment has been like? Because you do travel. How do you compare the structural um, situation here in the Virgin Islands traveling to the United States and coming back since we have an airport that's least being reviewed at the present time? Yes, we do have um, a serious problem because as I travel, when we go to the, to the especially to the United States, we would have the, um, I think it's referred to it as a jetway, where you get right off the plane and can go um, to, you know, to the baggage claim. Unfortunately, our situation, we have to come downstairs, so it makes it very difficult, especially for individuals who are um, wheelchair users. Now, coming down the stairs can be a little, I am a little nervous about uh, those steep stairs. And oh, by the way, I probably, I didn't mention, but my uh, disability, I've been um, blind pretty much all my life from the age of two. And um, I have had, I use a, a white cane and um, I have to, if I have to go downstairs, of course, I, you know, hold on and whatnot. But I'm hoping that we can improve our airport so that more individuals with disability will feel comfortable uh, traveling to the VI. And in other areas, where have you, I guess, experienced a change for the better uh, in the Virgin Islands as far as 
access and program access or structural access? Okay, um, like I said, over the years, I am noticing in terms of attitude, there has been a, a change from, you know, 40 some odd years ago when I started to, when I came back, I remember I would use my white cane, I would just be all over the, the road. I, when I worked at Human Services, I would take public transportation, and then I, yeah, I would catch the bus and I would go. Um, and many a times I would just walk. And I found that the, the uh, motorists were very um, cooperative. You know, they would, um, when I would have to cross, you know, they would stop. And I, I to me, the improvement that I have noticed over the years is um, the attitude of people. I mean, there's still more to go, but it, it's still a small progress that we have. Uh, people are a little bit more um, sensitive, and I guess with all the, the various sensitivity training that we have been doing over the years, it is starting to bear fruit. And what would you like to see for the future for the Virgin Islands as far as the ADA implementation of it? that law here in the Virgin Islands. Oh, okay, well, I this is my pet peeve. What I would like to see, my heart's desire, is that a lot of the students who are coming out of special ed, that they are more prepared to be able to go into training to become gainfully employed. Because... I mean, yes, it's nice to receive um, a benefit check. Um, you know, I, it, it's okay. However, I find that it's such a wonderful feeling being able to get a paycheck, a check that I work for. And I definitely would like to see that. I would also like to see a little more accessibility in terms of, like we mentioned earlier, the airport. And, um, of course, I, I realize that our area is, a, um, I guess, like a historic area, so there are uh, different buildings and whatnot, but I definitely would like to see a little bit more accessibility in terms of um, individuals with uh, reused wheelchairs and um yeah, to I mean, I like I said, and to get the training through the voc rehab and other entities, so that more and more people with disabilities can be gainfully employed and not just um, benefit recipients. Shami, you want to chime in on that? Absolutely, and something we're doing currently at the Disability Rights Center is we are working very closely with transition age students. So what Adita's talking about a lot of times is this transition plan that sometimes doesn't happen or it's just on paper and it doesn't come to fruition. Therefore, young people are sitting home all the time. So what we're doing at DRCBI is we are working with parents, with teachers, with staff. And the good thing is that we've gotten some momentum to be able to not only get into the schools where we're currently working with Edith William Academy, but to do goal setting, 
to do career planning, do self-advocacy, we're actually going to be there all fall and into the spring semester so that we can run a program where at the end of that program, a, a, a student will have an employment opportunity. That's the number one indicator of post-school success, is having a paycheck before you leave high school. And we are determined to make that happen. And we are, we are knee deep in that process. So when the students leave, they're going to be either with vocational, vocational rehab or Department of Labor with their youth program or both. And they will either go through a summer job or they will have a fall internship, something that will give them a paycheck so that they know that they can be successful after they leave high school to get a job and to earn their own money. Like Adita said, not to be a recipient of social security. Um, that's a whole nother story too, in terms of the Virgin Islands, but we are really pushing competitive integrated employment. And that is what we're doing currently at DRCBI. Well, we have a name for that, right? Tran Transition Services. And who's all involved beside DRCBI? Well, we're working in conjunction and very closely with Vocational Rehab, Island Therapy Solutions. We also have our employer group who works with some of the recruitment and um, business services. So again, we're trying to get the employers to uh, become aware of even young employer or young employees, potential employees that can be good long-term ones. So for example, the Virgin Islands personnel, we work closely with them. They'll be part of the recruitment roundtable and therefore looking to see at the young workforce. So that's just an example of what we're trying to do from the ground up in terms of, you know, providing those opportunities. And any um, comment from Adida? Yeah, again, I would services? like to thank you. Uh, yeah, I would uh, like to say thanks for the opportunity to be able to express my ideas and I'm really hoping for a better VI in terms of people with disabilities being integrated into, um, fully integrated into our community. I, I also have a special place in my heart, especially for the developmentally disabled because I also serve uh, as a, um, the chair of that organization. So it's my passion. And in our group of persons or organizations that work on transition services, uh, Shami, you want to give any kudos to those folks that participate in this program? Absolutely. We, as I mentioned, we work very closely with vocational rehab, particularly with the transition coordinator that they have there. We work with Island Therapy Solutions. We also work with Department of Labor with their youth program. And SBDC, the Small Business Development um, Center, as well as Economic Development Authority, along with Department of Labor on the employer side, were able, again, to do some recruitment events to be able to, again, have um, young people be able to see what it's like to actually interview at a job or to be able to participate in a recruitment event. Again, uh, Adina, want to thank you as our ADA warrior here in the Virgin Islands for your insight and your perspective on events concerning the American with Disabilities Act and Shami for all the hard work that you do. I want to thank you both for informing the community and letting other people know what goes on at DRCVI and how we're trying to interconnect all the organizations that work on behalf of persons with disabilities. So again, thank you. And 
we will see each other on Billity Radio next time. Take care. Have a good day. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, its board, staff, or underwriters.